Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show. Hi everyone, this is Mark. We're back to the show and I just want to make a quick announcement. My daughter and I were just recently interviewed on another podcaster's podcast called A Little Bit of Everything With Me. Um, the host on our show is called, her name is Angelica and you can find it on anchor.fm slash everything with A-N-G-E. Um, that's the URL. I'll leave the information also in the description of this podcast episode but the podcast episode we appear on is episode 38 it's about the retorto family a family of authors we discuss the books that we have written now keep in mind my daughter is only 11 years old but she's amazing she just published two books one is called i am a survivor and the other one's called invisible girl that are available on barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com and my book is called the cabal the saga begins and you can also buy the hardcovers just on our website, which is called, the name of it is www.retortofamily.com. That's R-I-T-O-R-T-O family.com. So if you go to retortofamily.com, you'll see our hard, the hardcover versions of our books. And we also have our books in audiobook format. Um, and you can find out all the information on the website. But again, listen to our podcast episode. It's episode number 38, and it's called A Little Bit of Everything With Me. All right, guys, we're back on the show. I got Zane on the line. How you doing today, Zane? Good, Mark. How you doing? <laughs> Good. A little hectic day, but uh, we'll get through it. So uh, today we're going to talk about the upcoming UFC fight coming on this Saturday between um, Sejudo and Morales. Uh, it's going to be an interesting fight. Yes. Yes, it's going to be uh, for the belt. And you also got Donald Cerrone fighting as well. Yeah, you got Val- Valentina and Jessica I. So uh, that's going to be also a really great fight. I know that Jessica hasn't had, um, you know, as much success as Valentina. I think that Valentina has always been uh, very high, uh, always top top three. Mm. Um, but Jessica, I know that she's been always hovering uh, top ten, but I don't know if she's ever been uh, top three. I know that uh, Tony and Donald Cerrone, that's got to be. Uh, Tony Ferguson and Donald Cerrone, that's got to be, I, I think, the most attractive fight on this card. Really? Everybody... I think so. I think that's going to be a very interesting fight. As much as I want to see uh, the other, uh, you know... Oh, you mean most attractive? Most, uh, I think most... I think... Okay. Of, you know, whoever's going to be a, a fan to watch this UFC, 
I think that even though it's not for a belt, um, it's going to be a very exciting fight. I think that a lot of fans want to see it. Mm. Yeah, I think so, gonna, too. I think it's an important fight. I think it, it's going to tell a lot about the lightweight division. Mm. Yeah, and the one at Jessica, Jessica, that's for the flyweight title. Now, the, right. Now, the thing is, I... I I don't know if uh, Jessica I actually, I forget her weight class, um, has she always been at this weight? I think when it was created, she might have adjusted her weight for this, uh, for this uh, weight class. Uh, Valentina, I think the same thing. I think that she just uh, holds the title, I believe, right? Yeah. Yep, that's what it looks like with Jessica. I believe she fought at a higher weight class, actually. She fought at Bantam weight. Yeah, I remember her at 135. Yeah. At 125. I don't know if she's going to have to cut too much weight or maybe it's going to be a perfect weight for her. I just got a feeling that uh, Valentina's got a much, uh, much more sound game. I mean, her kicking, her punching, her grappling seems to be, um, you know, just very tight. So uh, Jessica, I think, has uh, great boxing, but I just don't know if she's going to be able to beat her on the ground. Yeah, I think she, I actually think Jessica is gonna is going to. Uh, you think she's gonna take her over? Yeah, I think Jessica is gonna lose. Yeah, because the former oh. person who had it was Nico Montanos, uh, was the former U, uh, flyweight champion, but she was stripped. Yeah, I forget who she. Uh, uh, I think that she had some issues with uh, some health issues, and then I think that she actually had about. Was it well? I think it was with Valentina. Did she lose that, and that's how Valentina took it over? Um, I don't. Let me see if I can find that out real quick. I don't recall, but she was the. It is known as she's the second female in the UFC to be stripped of a title before defending of it. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to find out why she was stripped, but uh, hold on a second. Yeah, I can't seem to find information as to uh, why she was stripped. But, uh... Well, regardless of that, I I just have remember seeing uh, Valentina Shevchenko fight. And she, uh, she fought um, Ioana twice. And she lost to Ioana twice. Yeah. I believe. And that was at 100 and... Was it 115? I want to say it was 115. And then Valentina, I think, always had trouble maintaining that weight. So she, they created this 125-pound division for these 115-pounders and these 135-pounders who are always kind of fluctuating or having trouble you know, mm. bumping up or getting lighter. So I think that this is a great division uh, for all of those women who are having difficulty with those two divisions with weight. And I think that you're going to see, you know, some people from 115, like they already have been, Valentina, this has got to be the most perfect weight for her. Yeah. Maybe Jessica I was able to maintain 135, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. she'll, uh, she'll feel more comfortable. Oh, yeah, I just maybe. found out that Shevenka was called in because Montano had trouble. She had to be taken to the hospital. Yes. So I don't know. What, it doesn't say exactly what it was, but that's what prevented her from um, c 
cutting her cutting weight and making it. So that's yeah, this controversy about the UFC stripping people from their title and then making them, I guess they, they're trying to force these people to defend their belt yeah. uh, and be ready. So yeah. some people, they defend their belt and they go away for six months and, you know, the UFC, I think, wants yeah. them ready all the time. So I think um, in some ways it really stinks. I think uh, I'm against it. But I think in some ways it's good because now it's going to force that champion you know, someone who deserves the title to come back and re-earn it. So I, I guess that, uh, you know, if it ain't new, you're through kind of thing, you know? Exactly. So they're, they're just, you know, they're forcing these athletes to say, to stay active. And uh, it's going to probably, the more you're active, the less likely that you're going to stay champion. And that's what makes things new, and that's what makes fans excited, I guess. So I think it's a little bit of a game... Uh, on on their part to do it that way. Hmm. Now, what do you think about the main card, the main event for the bantam? Yeah, the, that's, uh, what, that's what I'm looking at. Vacant bantamweight title. Event. So but this will be him going familiar. for uh, his second belt. Yes, Cejudo uh, is going for. Um, wait, is this is this one? This is the bantamweight. Right, he's going for the bantamweight title. Right, because the 135-pound division was, um, oh, what's his name? Who just got caught for steroids? Oh. You get a two-year layoff. Yes, oh, yes. Uh, what's his face from the riot? Who used to train with Variety Favor? Yeah, uh, and then he can't, and then he went to a different camp and. TJ Dillashaw. I think it was. I think it was kind of more successful. Due Dillashaw. To the steroids he was getting. It was Dillashaw. Okay. Dillashaw, yes. Yes. And uh, what happened was Dillashaw tried, even though he was a 135-pound champion, he went down to 125 to try and beat Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo beat him after Henry Cejudo beat um, uh, the one boy at 125 for a long time. Um, what call it? John, uh, uh, Demetrius. Yeah, Johnson. Mighty Mouse. And I, I really feel that Demetrius Johnson is a better fighter than Henry. Uh, even though I give him a lot of credit, I don't think Henry Cejudo really... Oops, sorry about that. All right. I'm home. <laughs> so, uh, my, uh, so Henry Cejudo, I think, is a great fighter, very strong all around. I just don't think that he beat um, Demetrius Johnson. I think that Demetrius Johnson just was held down maybe a little bit longer than he should have been, and they had to give it to somebody. So more control, I guess, went to Henry Cejudo. So they gave it to him. And then Demetrius Johnson, I guess, um, he went down, he went to a different um, company to fight. I don't even know if he fights for the UFC anymore. No, know they traded him to 1FC, to, to, uh, I think it's called 1FC or something. So who do you yeah. think is going to win the event, Henry or Marlon Moraes? Mar I'm going to give it to Henry Cejudo because I've seen uh, him become better in his game. Okay. I think Marlon Morales, uh, 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 actually, how do you say his name, Morales? Uh, Morales? Morales. You know how to say it. Yeah. Morales. He's, he's a good, strong fighter, but I forget who he lost to, but I saw him lose to a couple people. But I think that... Yeah, um, he's got five losses on his record. ...that had success and that Henry had beaten. So uh, they're strong. They're strong fighters. It's going to be quick. Um, I don't think that Henry's going to be getting taken down. I think mm. if anything... And we will take down uh, Marlon. Okay. And, uh, you know, he, he'll, I think he's going to finish it somehow. 
Yeah, Maybe not the first round, but uh, I would say second or third. Uh, I'm I'm thinking for a second or third round win somehow with Henry. That's my mm. my, my prediction. Now, do you watch uh, Zane? Do you watch happen by any chance? Follow the PFL fight, the Professional Fight League. You can get that on um, on ESPN. I know you got I, I guess it would work. I haven't had really a chance. Um, who are you uh, talking about? Well, it's another MMA promotion. I've brought it a few times on the. Uh, podcast here and what what they do is they have like like other sports they have a season like a regular season um different weight divisions for men and women they have a regular season then they have semifinals finals and then they got the championship and if you win the championship belt the fighter gets a million dollars so i actually think it's really good for the sport but it's unique for each to win you get uh you have to win points to qualify to move ahead and so i guess if it's win, yep. you only get a certain amount of points, if it's a big, yep. strong win, you yep. get more points. Yeah, and they've had a couple of people that fought, um, they're, that are no longer in the UFC, um, fighting in it, I can't think of any names off the top of my head, but if you see them, um, you would recognize them. I just figured I'd let you know about it, I don't know if you follow it or not, but it's pretty good. They got a woman by the name of Kayla Harrison, who I think is in the top uh, top five right now for the women, but obviously Mark, this is I not the regular season. Huh? Um, to, I guess this is also for your viewers out there. I, you know, we we know each other for a long time, so uh, you know we can just uh, we can get on the mic and talk about it. But do all of your fans know of uh, your updated information uh, for your website or uh, where to go to look for future podcasts or? Uh, information that you'll, um, or things that you're going to be talking about? Um. Well, right now, uh, for everybody's out there, this podcast is available pretty much anywhere. iHeartRadio, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. Um, you can even use PodCoin. If you use PodCoin to listen to the podcast, you actually make money. So that's good. You can use it for Amazon or any other online store. You make money that way. Um, it's also on um, Radio Public, Radio Public, which is another podcast website. All right. Well, I'm just yeah. saying. Uh, and then obviously they can follow me on Facebook, the Mark the Shark MMA Show. So. Well, yeah, that might be uh, probably one of the easiest ways to. Yep. To I guess uh, list list things. Yep. But uh, getting back to uh, the event uh, yep. on Saturday, I, in my opinion, I just think that. Uh, for the main card, yep. that's going to be, uh, I- I'm going to go with Henry. And okay. for, oh, actually, they have a, I'm looking up here. I don't know why this list looks different. Um, and you got Jessica I versus v- Valentina. You think you have Valentina for that one, right? Yeah, exactly. I have, I have definitely Valentina for that one. Now, so who do you Henry think between Donald Cerrone? I think that Tony might take it. You know, I really like Donald Cerrone. I just, uh, I just got this feeling that Tony might be a little bit younger, um, able to take a little bit more punishment. Yeah. Um, and he might be, he might be with his style a little bit difficult for uh, for Cerrone to to uh, to handle. But uh, without a doubt, Donald Cerrone's not out of it, mm-hmm. um, and he could possibly even finish it. It depends on how aggressive he comes out. Sometimes he tends to. Wait a little bit, 
And mm-hmm. I think that Tony is uh, is always 100, percent and he and he he moves forward. He moves forward, and he use, uses angles, and he might he might uh, catch Donald, uh, I guess, waiting mm-hmm. or just trying to counter. Yeah. So I think that I think that uh, Donald's going to have to be really aggressive. Yep. I think he's going to. It might be similar to the Nick Diaz uh, fight that yep. he had difficulty with. Yep. And one quick uh, note for anybody who doesn't Nate, know. I forget which one he fought. Yeah, yeah. I think Donald's running for, for Nate. That yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right on that one. I think age might play a factor, even though I like I like them both. But for just one quick note on the card before I let you go. I don't know if you remember Eddie Wineland. Uh, he fought for the UFC belt, but he didn't win it. Um, but he also, but he was a former WEC champion. He's fighting Grigory Popoff. That's on the pre-prelim shows. It starts on ESPN Plus at 6.15. So any um, long-time MMA fans, they may want to check out and watch him fight the former WEC champion. Um, I remember Eddie Wyland. Wyland, I, I always felt he was a good fighter, good strong Good hands, fighter. good hands. And he, had that reason, he, he always kept his chin up high. Uh, success. Yeah. But he used, but he was a, uh, I think a gifted athlete. He used angles in a very odd way. Yeah. Um, and he was side to side, back and forth, and just phenomenal kicker and puncher. But yep. uh, again, you know, just didn't have as much success as I thought he was going to have. Yeah. Yeah, the one he fell for the bell for was against Barrow. But that was before Barrow got, uh, TJ got to him. And that's when Barrow yeah, was still, Burrell still was up there. Yeah, better before TJ. Yeah. I mean, he takes, takes too many shots, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, guys. A lot more than I, I could, I tell you that. Yeah, I hear you. All right. So, anyway, guys, we'll be back after this short break. All right, guys, we're back to the show. We have a very special guest coming all the way from Boca Raton, Florida. His name is Dan Baronico. Hey, Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here with you. How you doing, my friend? Good, good, good. Yeah, I was actually down in uh, Florida not too long ago. I got a friend that lives out there in the same area, Boca Raton. It's a great place. You know, I'm... I'll always be a New Yorker in my heart. I mean, I've been here for over 20 years now. Yeah, when people say to me, you know, where are you from? Uh, I still go to state New York, and I catch myself. No, no way. I'm from Florida, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, I know you're a boxer, or you used to box. At what age did you start boxing? Boxing has been in my, uh, in my family for... Uh, Many years. First of all, I'm I'm of Greek heritage, and although the name Veronica sounds Italian, somewhere along the line it was Boronikos. They dropped the S, and I I guess I turned Italian overnight. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to have to explain that on my website because I will we'll get to Athena's Fight Club in a in a minute. But I tell people I'm Greek. I'm a Spartan, and they say, "Wait, but he Veronica? How could this guy be Greek?" So I actually felt the need to explain that. On my website, but um, you know, I'm uh, I was born and raised in New York City, and I'm Greek, I'm Spartan, and I come from a family with professional boxers on my mother's side of the family. So they were my idols, particularly my uncle Lou. So from a young age, at about 
first New York, and I started boxing from a very, a very young age. And uh, it was a great gym. Some guys there became very well-known fighters. Um, Nito Antifermo, he became the champion of the world. He was from that gym. He found Jerry Cooney, great heavyweight fighter. He used to train there a lot. And, uh, you know, the late Howard Davis Jr., he used to train there at times. And but I, So I've been doing it from when I was 13 to about 20 years old. It was a very big, it was a big part of my life. I would, I'd wake up, I'd run five miles, go to school, I'd come home, I would take the bus, the train, I would go to the, to the Queen's gym, I, I'd box, I'd come home, I'd have supper, then I'd go into my mother's basement where I had a heavy bag, a speed bag, and I would do it again, you know? <laughs> oh, I hear you, I hear you. I have boxed a little bit, but not not that extensively when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was, it was a big part of my life, and I, I, I actually aspired to become uh, the champion of the world. That that was my that was my dream. You know, growing up as a as a teenager, um, I never fought in the Golden Gloves. I fought a lot of what they used to call smokers, and you, you know. Those were gym fights, one gym against the next. And then, you know, when I graduated high school, I'm like, what do I do? Do I, do I come up, become a professional boxer? Or do I continue my education? And, and, and it, was, it, was a tough, it was a tough decision. And at the end of the day, I decided, you know what? Let me go get that college degree, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nowadays you need it, you know. It's very hard to become, um, to make a living in, as an athlete, you know, in any professional sport, you know, because everybody wants to do it. There's a lot of, um, a lot of competition, you know. It is, and, 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 you know, unfortunately, you don't think about that when you're young and when you're an athlete, and particularly if you're, you're a star athlete, like, you became Vito Antifermo, you became the champion of the world. But then, what happens after that? You know, where's your, where's your pension? What do you do, you know? And you just see so many stories, and, you know, I think, you know, boxing, I guess all athletes have their, whatever the sport, they have their stories, but particularly these fighters, it, 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 it's a shame how even great champions, you know, how their life ended, where they were, you know, poverty-stricken and, you know, they work at minimum wage jobs, even greats like Joe Lewis. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say that. Yeah, he died poor, right? I believe. I think well, it, he, he certainly did. He didn't, die, he didn't die rich, that's for sure. And I, I know um, towards the end, they showed him a bit of grace. I believe one of the um, Las Vegas hotels, you know, gave him a, a job, you know, greeting people at the front door. And it doesn't sound like much, particularly for one of the greatest fighters that ever lived, but at, at the end of the day, if you if people knew what happens to them, what, what becomes of them, if he was lucky to have had that shame, but it, 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 it's true. Mm. Yeah. I hear you. So how did you go from from being in New York, the Boca Raton, Florida, 
You got tired of the snow, right? I bet that was that's the reason. Right, right. You know, I was on a radio show a couple weeks ago, and of course that was one of the questions. And I'm the weather, you know. I'm like, well, what a shock! (laughs) But you know, it was it was a dream of mine ever since uh, I was a kid. I was in uh, in elementary school in the winter time, New York City, and. This kid came into the class like mid semester, and the teacher introduced him and said, "Oh, everybody meets Joey. His his family just moved here from Fort Lauderdale. Welcome him." And I'm looking. This it had a tan, and I, I was like fascinated. And I'm like, I was in elementary school. And I'm like, well, how do you have a tan? It's snowing outside. He said, "Well, I come from. It's always it's always bright and." The sun is shining, and you can go to the beach every day. I'm like, what, you know? And I had a fascination for Florida ever since I was young. And, and then I, uh, my dream was to um, retire and move to a ranch in Florida, and that's what I did. And I was, I was able to do it as a at a young age. By the time I was 38 years old, I had retired. And uh, I bought a beautiful ranch in Coconut Creek, Florida. And, you know, that's where I resided. Yes, wow. friendly years. God bless you. Yeah. I'm still here in Jersey, freezing my ass off in the winter. Excuse my French. <laughs> I, I, I know all about it. All about it. <laughs> and what, what, what brought me out of retirement was uh, I met a young lady fell in love, got married again. I was young. I was 38 when I retired. And, um, you know, we got engaged, we got married, we were traveling the world. And she said to me one day, I'm bored. I'm like, bored? (laughs) What do you mean you're bored? We went to New York. We went to Maine. We we, we traveled all over the place, Canada. And she said, oh, she said, you know, you've done a lot with your life. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, she was 10 years younger than me. She said, I just graduated with my master's in you know, business administration, and um, I never really had a job other than playing my guitar in a pub. And so I didn't want her to go to work. So I opened up, I said, what can I do? I was in the health club industry most of my life, and I was very successful. I said, let me open up a small business that she could feel good about herself and life will be merry. So I opened up a, a tanning salon here in Boca Raton called Boca Tanning Club. And it became a tremendous hit mark. I never expected it to be the hit that it was. Um, it wound up becoming a franchise. It wound up selling out every city in South Florida within a couple of years. The concept spread to New York and Texas and New Jersey. And um, so that that brought me that brought me out of retirement. And uh, and my uh, my wife at the time were no longer married, but she was a big MMA fan. She was a fighter herself. She was a South Florida Golden Gloves champion. She was also another 
jiu-jitsu champion, and she was one of the first female commentators for MMA. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so people ask me, you know, are you a fan of MMA? Mark, I'll tell you at one point in my life, I won't say I was the biggest fan because there's so many thousands and millions of people at this point that are, are such great fans, but I will say I was as big a fan as you could be. And this is back in like 1993, I believe, when the UFC first came on. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was 33 years old at the time. And Mark, to me, and there was nothing I looked forward to more than the UFC. And I don't remember if it was you know, once every six months back then. Um, but I remember I looked forward to that. I didn't think I could look forward to anything more than a great boxing match, like when I grew up. Yeah, yeah, that was the same way. I was freaking, I was, I was forming. But then all of a sudden, you know, the UFC came out, and I looked forward to that, perhaps even more. To me, it was so fascinating back then. And I think back then, not that, not that it's not fascinating now but it was it was different back then and, and let me explain that you know back then nobody really knew what MMA was I mean then you know okay we knew it stood for mixed martial arts mm -hmm. the, the, the fighters back then they weren't seasoned they weren't seasoned MMA fighters like they are today. And perhaps that's what made it even more interesting. You would see guys like Time Time Gavin, Mark Coleman, Don Fry, and it, you became fascinated and you became so curious as who would win. And if you were you were a karate guy, you were kinda hoping the karate guy won and I was a boxer and I would root for the boxer and who was a wrestler and and the fascination of, you know, all your life you grew up and everybody would say like, Oh, who'd win in a fight? Mm -hmm. Karate guy, a boxer, a wrestler and but now here it was because unlike today where now to be a successful MMA fight and you you, you correct me if you, if you think I'm wrong, you really have to know every aspect of mixed martial arts to get to the top. In other words, you have to be able to fight with your feet. You have, you have to know what to do when you're on the ground and how to defend and how, how not to get put in that chokehold and how to do an arm bar. You, you need it all today. Yep. But, but back then, you know, it was more like you, you had your skill or maybe you had no skill. You were just a guy like Tank Abbott who wasn't uh, anything particular except a big bouncer. Yes, and, exactly. That's what made it more exciting. Yep. And now you're, you're watching this, and I think it answered a lot of questions as far as who would win. Because at the end of the day, the proof is always in the pudding, right? Exactly. So I'm a boxer. 
and I and I would like to say, yeah, the pastors they could beat the the wrestlers. Yes, well, uh, once he went to the once he went to the ground, that wasn't the case. Yep. Um, and I think as it was unfolding, the curiosity of who was going to win. It's like I look forward to those fights like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite different back then. They were more focused on uh, promoting which style was better. That's how that's how it got started. The uh, the Gracie family wanted to pr- prove that their martial art was more superior than what. And at, than, the, at, the, at the end of the day, Mark, it was right. They did it. It was. Yeah. You know, and I think that that you know at that time period when you're looking at these big guys like Mark Coleman and Tank Abbott and, you know, and Shamrock, he wasn't that big, but he was a big, strong guy. And then you see this guy, boy, he's crazy. He shocks the world. Yep. He's tall, weak fellow. He doesn't have the, the muscles that the other guys have. He doesn't have the look. Yep. And you, you look at him and you say, ah, He did it again. <laughs> yeah, and you had to fight more than one guy in the same night. Right. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. In my in my opinion, other than Bruce Lee, Hoist Gracie is probably the most influential person in the world of martial arts. I mean, those two guys really opened up everybody's eyes and ears as to what the martial arts are. I mean, Bruce Lee was a little bit ahead of his time. He, he believed in taking a little bit from each martial art and only using what was useful. But the UFC and what the Gracie family did actually brought it into light to prove which martial arts were most effective from a self-defense or even in a combat situation point of view.
money on the crown fight or the jiu-jitsu guy because when, when, that, when that boxer went down, it was all over with. Yep. But, but on the local MMA card, I would watch the boxers win time and time again. Now why? But here's my opinion. Because boxing is very easy to learn. It's only like six punches in yep. boxing. So you learn it, you learn it well. And the jiu-jitsu guys at that lower level, it, it's so technical that it took time to really learn it. And so, so the boxer had an advantage. He had a lot less. To learn, so he learned it quicker. You follow my drift? Yeah, you actually you actually hit it on the nail. Uh, I find that the most effective martial arts are those that take the less time to learn. You hit it right on the nail. Boxing. That's why I always say it's usually boxing, jujitsu, wrestling, and muay thai. Although muay thai is is a little harsher on the body, and there's a, there's a lot more skills. So it's yeah. that, to me that's the most complex. Um, but in general, it's the the ones that are easy to apply in a real world situation are the ones that are most effective. And, and at the end of the day, when you get two people going at it in a ring, it's whoever is able to uh, force their skill sets upon the opponent in a more effective way, is the one who's always going to win. So if my boxing is better than your jiu-jitsu, I should be able to beat you. It's not the martial art that makes the fighter. It's the fighter that makes the fighter. Right. I mean, no disrespect to the Gracies. I'm, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt, and I love the martial arts. I appreciate each and every one of them. But at the end of the day, it's the fighter who makes the fight. You know? Absolutely. Uh, study now nobody believes me but they they did a study where they put a black belt I'm not saying a second degree black I'm not saying a third or fourth or fifth just a black belt against the average guy who never took any sort of fight lesson in their life and the average guy won nine out of ten yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, well, I tell people, well, I don't believe that. How, how can that be? Well, this is how it could be. It's, first of all, a lot of things that the karate guy learned in school was not really applicable to, to fighting a street fight. In other words, let's look at the roundhouse kick. The roundhouse kick was designed to knock a guy off his horse, you know? Yeah. It doesn't really apply in real life. Yep. It must be done, and, you know, but, it, it, you know, or they're, they're, they're chopping wood. Yep. Where the street guy just has, you know, the innate instinct, like, I'm just going to go, go crazy, you know? And where the karate guy's trying to figure out these moves where they, they never really... Yep. That's what goes back to what uh, Bruce Lee saying. I think his saying was, uh, 
absorb what's useful. You know, in his mind, like 90% of what, basically in his time when he was alive, of what martial artists would learn was not effective. You know? I, yeah. Yeah. Now, when you were, now, do you still follow boxing? At all or now? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> Who's your favorite boxer? Like, who was your favorite boxer? Uh, without a doubt, as, as I sit here in my office and I, I'm looking at my wall and it says the greatest, and I got these photos of Muhammad Ali. <laughs> it was Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he was one of my favorites, too. Yeah, I was the same way. I used to follow boxing when I was younger. And then I would say, right after Mike Tyson bit Holyfield's ear off, <laughs> I don't know if you saw was, that match. I, I kind of stopped after that. You know. Yeah. And then when the UFC came on, that was it. I just started. I just stuck with mixed martial arts. I probably right. haven't watched a boxing match in well over ten years. I think I watched one like maybe fifteen years ago, and then probably the one before that was like another ten years. Yeah. What do you think? has become the problem with boxing love. Why do you suppose that back in the day uh, our parents knew who the champs were and today nobody knows? Let me get your take on it and I'll give you my take. Um, well, the one thing with boxing is there's there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of organizations in mixed martial <laughs> arts, but I would say there's a lot of different organizations in boxing. And each one's got their own world champion. Yeah, yeah. And it just makes it hard to follow. Unless there's yeah. a person out there that's, you know, takes the world by storm like Mike Tyson did when he was younger. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they market that one particular person. Now I don't think, you know, it's hard for people to follow. And I think the promotions are done a lot differently now. Um, yeah. There's no more Don King taking one guy and trying to milk him for as much money as he possibly can. Right. Um, you know, and like De La Hoya, uh, you know, they have their own their own organization, and they're just here to promote the fights. But no one, they promote. They try to promote boxing, but they don't try to promote a single person whereas I think in the old days it was always the promoter promoting his one particular fighter that, he, that was coming out of his stable you know like well, back in the day it was Mike Tyson and you had Muhammad Ali and you had Thomas Hearns you know and then you had uh, George Foreman each one was promoted 
um, to the full extent. Right. You know. And, you know, you're, you're, you're correct. You know, I mean, back then, there was one belt. There was one champion. And then when they came out with all these different belts, everyone just speaking, go, yeah, my cousin's the champ of the world. Oh, my uncle's the champ of the world. It's like, what? You know, how many champ, champions of the world? There's one world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely a, a big part of boxing's demise. And then I think that they came up with too many weight classes on top of it. I mean, yeah. for the time, featherweight, lightweight, the welterweight, the middleweight, the light heavyweight, and the heavyweight. Then it became the featherweight, the junior lightweight, the lightweight, the junior middleweight, the middleweight. The light heavyweight, the cruiserweight, the heavyweight, the super heavyweight. Now all these guys got five different belts out there, and it just became too much. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your uh, your gym. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I just had a grand opening of what's going to be my next franchise. It's called Athena's Fight Club, and it's a boxing gym for women only. Okay. And real, yep, it's, it's, it's exclusively for women. We do have a children's program, but um, we created a place for women to come and learn how to box and feel comfortable where it's a place that's it's for them. So when they walk in there, there's no intimidation with, with guys. And I, I felt that they deserve something like this. They've come so far, you know, they've, they've proven, they've beyond proven themselves, you know. The women are the great warriors of the world. I, I will tell you, the truth, as much as I, I'm telling you, I was such a big MMA fan, and it's kind of like, for me, it's like boxing now. I've seen so much of it, and maybe too, I was married to someone who was commentating from mixed martial arts, and every time I looked at this TV set, it was another MMA fight, and for me, and I'm just saying for me, it became too much. I, I got tired of watching it. And, it, and um, what keeps me going now is the females. I, you know, Ronda Rousey, you know, Holly Holmes. You know, I, I flew to uh, L.A. to watch the last Amanda Nunes fight. Nice. And I feel that, you know... I feel it's the women that's keeping UFC alive. Yeah, I have to admit, I actually get more excited get for, like, when I watch a fight and I know there's a women's fight on a card. Yeah. And uh, there were, I feel, have to say, there have been a lot of cards where I was more interested in watching the women fight, you know, getting ready to see what they were going to go, you know, what they were going to do. Um, right. Than some of the right. men's fights, I think they 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 still have. I think it's because they 
they fight harder in some respects. I think they still feel like they got to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they put on a, somewhat of a better show. Now, for all the listeners out there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Dan, I believe you were going to offer them uh, some kind of promotion, right? For all the listeners on, on uh, listening to my uh-huh. podcast here. That's a great gift, and that's a great opportunity for the listeners out there. Appreciate that, Dan. Now, Dan, I, I, yeah. oh, I got a quick question for you. Don't you have some books out as well? I believe you said. I do. You- I, I have a book that I just released called "No More Bad Days." The subtitle: Defeating the Imaginary Bullies in Your Mind. You could either find that on. FeministFightClub.com or just Google Danny Veronico. No more bad days, and it's a great, great self-help book. It really is. It's get tremendous reviews from around the country, and it's it's a it's a book that helps you cope with life. There's too much stress. There's too much anxiety. There's too much depression out there. And it's why we built Athena's Fight Club, Mark, because it's not only a place where you could come and learn how to box, but it's also the first health club that actually deals with the second aspect of health. It's physical health, health, and there's mental health. And for some reason, all the other gyms seem to neglect the mental health aspect. We don't hear at Athena's Fight Club. We have a uh, first part of our program. It's called Rap, Rap Talk, and as you wrap your hands, like a fighter wraps his hands, we're also wrapping, and we get rid of your stress, your anxiety, 
get depression. We body scope you using resistant bands. And then we teach you how to box. And then we do seven rounds on these water-filled, heavy bags. And it's so cool, Mark. In between rounds, the lights go off, the giant screen TVs go on, and you watch all these motivational clips, either it be a, a scene from Rocky or Ali Frazier or, or whatever it is. It could be Martin Luther King's I Had a Dream. But we make sure we motivate you, and you walk out of here, and you're on top of the world. Oh, that's great. I bet your gym members have an amazing experience while they're working out there. What's the URL again for that book again? The book is, um, well, the name of the book is No More Bad Days. So if you just go to Danny Veronico, B-O-R-O-N-I-C-O. Okay. Um, it's No More Bad Days. Or you can go to thingsfightclub.com and you'll, you'll find that on our website. It's an audio book, by the way. It's, okay. Um, yeah, so you, you don't even have to read it. You just sit back and you listen to it. And, and Mark, I'll tell you, it warms my heart that every day now I get uh, I get an email saying that it changed people's lives. So, and, and anytime anybody wants to contact me, feel free. They can go to info at athenasfightclub.com. And send me a message and re reach out to me if, if, if you're feeling sad and down and just, you don't have to live in Boca to be anywhere in the world. I will answer it and I will be glad to help anybody. That's great. And in, in then that, that, since it's an audio book, they can listen to it on the way to work or on the way home from work or even on the way to your gym. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's and, uh, great. That's great, and then, and then, what was the name of the the uh, your gym again? It's called Athena's Fight Club, right? And it's in Boca Raton, Florida. Yep, Athena's Fight Club. Mm -hmm. AthenasFightClub.com. Okay. It's in uh, Boca Raton, in Boca Raton, Florida, and hopefully, it's um, right now. It's going to be one of uh, many Athena's Fight Clubs we'd like to open up around the country. So. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And next time, next time you're in uh, Oak Ridge, Mark. Oh, I will, I will, I will let you know. I'll contact you before I go down there. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll Absolutely. stop by your gym and I'll say hello. <laughs> We'd love to have you. It's an honor. Yes. And I appreciate uh, you being on the show, Dan. Again, that's Dan Baronico. Um, he owns a gym called Athena's Fight Club out of Boca Raton. And don't forget, if you mention you heard uh, heard him on the Mark the Shark MMA Show podcast, he'll give you a discount on the club membership. All right, Dan, thank you for your time. I thank appreciate you for it. Me, Mark. No problem, no problem. And then I will post this information again on my Facebook page. Don't forget, there's the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. I'll, I'll I'll mention the club promotion and and your audio book. This way, if anybody needs to get in touch with you, they can. Again, I appreciate having you on the show. It was an honor, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thank you. you too. All right, all right, guys. We'll be right back after this break. All right, guys. We're back to the show. 
Are you guys interested in making money? Well, keep listening to the podcast. I'll make a special announcement on how you, the listener, can make money by listening to my podcast as well as other podcasts. Stay tuned. Good day, everybody. This is Dan Young with Total Wellness Radio, and you are tuned into the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmasked selection of audio programs. Download a trial for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash MMA show. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And if you need a book suggestion, I have two. One is called I Am a Survivor by Christina Ritorto, and the other one is written by me, Mark Ritorto, called The Cabal. The saga begins. All right, guys, we're back. And now is the time for you guys to learn how to make money. Now, you can easily make money by listening to this podcast by downloading an app called PodCoin. Either your Android phone or your tablet or your iPhone or your tablet. And it's fairly simple. For each podcast that you listen to, you earn points, and then you can redeem those points for either Amazon or Starbucks, or you can even donate it to charity. Now, by listening to my podcast and using this special promo code called MMA Show, that's the promo code MMA Show, you will get 300 pod coins just for signing up and using my code. Again, it's MMA Show, and the app is called PodCoin. You can get it from, if you have an Android um, device, you can go to the Google Play Store. If you have an Apple device, you go to the uh, Apple Store. All right, guys, we'll be back. All right, guys, we're back to the show. As I mentioned before, Every week, you, our listeners, have a chance to win a prize. You have to listen to each podcast episode in its entirety to learn what that prize is. Since every week, it will be different. You also have a chance to be entered in our drawing to win the grand prize. Now, you will be rewarded for your patience. In order to qualify for this week's prize, you have to be the 100th caller to our show. And email us by using our email button on our Facebook page called mark the shark mma show and that is mark with a c and not a k to call and leave us a message you can download the anchor app from either the google store or the apple store by emailing us using our facebook page you will automatically get entered into our drawing for the grand prize which will be announced in august this week's 100th caller to the show gets a free amazon gift card please guys please do not forget to follow us on our facebook page all right guys We'll be back after this short break.
All right, guys, we're back to the show. This is Mark. And to all the listeners out there, we'd appreciate it if you uh, make a small contribution to keep the uh, podcast going. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm mark the sh- slash mark the shark MMA show and click on the support this podcast button. And it's Mark with a C and not a K. Again, it's anchor.fm slash mark the shark MMA show. from a little bit of everything with me podcast and you're listening to mark the shark mma show and don't forget to like subscribe and rate to his podcast for more amazing episodes all right guys we're at the end of our show this is mark retorto i'm signing off and don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. It's called The Mark the Shark MMA Show. And it's Mark with a C and not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you're look in a mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book. Or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.